everybody. Welcome back to the great and terrible AHS. We're doing part two of episode three. Mm -hmm. Correct. Okay. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Yep, you got it, it. It's so easy to lose track. Um, yeah. So we are in the middle of a big storm coming. Right. I think I think that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, it's that's... it's kicking off. It's starting up. The nor'easter is starting up. Also, d am I the only one who's never? Maybe it's because I was born and raised in the South. I've never heard of a nor'easter before. As like a I've term for a storm. Yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah, I've heard of it. Isn't it like a specific type of like seasonal storm from like a specific ocean wind or something? I uh... imagine so. I, I know everything about nor'easters, that they're a common winter occurrence in New Jersey, and these storms <laughs> oh. repeatedly result in flooding, wave, and erosion damage to structures. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Wow, it's That's so cool so that you wild. knew that, Slopey. I, I, <laughs> I know, the nor'easter yeah. is a storm along the east coast of North America, comma, so-called because the winds over the coastal areas are typically Wait. from the northeast period. That's so fascinating that I just know that, <laughs> and I definitely didn't look it up. That's, don't, so, don't, that's so wild. Don't quote me on this. I think it's a synoptic scale extratropical cyclone in the western North Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> but just, you know... Just off the top of my head. Anyway. Oh. Just winging it, you know, you feeling know. it out based on context clues and shit. <laughs> wow, my friends are so smart. <laughs> That's so crazy. You know who's also really smart? Mary Eunice. Um, yes. And um, in case you guys forgot what happened at the very end of um, the last half of this episode, because we are only at about the halfway mark, um... Dr. Arden has cut off Shelly's legs for some reason. Um, Wait, are we, we're there? Oh, oh my no, gosh. We're, we're a little bit no, further back. No, that's the end of the episode. Yeah, 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 I think so. I take it back. We'll get there. Um, we're not playing fear and hunger, <laughs> folks. This yeah, no, spoiler alert, I guess, for what happens five minutes from now. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, I bet a lot of you are wondering, well, if that's only five minutes from now, how do we get there? <laughs> how yeah. do we get there? Wow. Um, no, it's still Mary Eunice time. Um, Mary Eunice uh, comes into the common room and turns the French song off. Um, that's when she mm -hmm. announces that there is going to be a movie, uh, mm -hmm. movie night on Friday night, um, which I guess is not yet. <laughs> I guess it's not Friday. Um, that's when we get introduced to the, the Mexican. Um, and then that's when... Uh, uh, we need to clarify. We need to clarify. That's not... Us calling her the Mexican. Yeah, to be we clear. correct. That's the show correct. calling her the Mexican, and the credits of the show and the IMDb credits calling her the Mexican. I just, it's it feels bad to me to just yeah. call someone the Mexican over and over, unless they're like a very cool like superhero cowboy type situation. Then like okay, or, then wear it with pride. But <laughs> or Danny Trejo in the the literal movie. That the yeah. actual yeah. titular <laughs> character, maybe. Great but. example of when it's okay to just call a character the Mexican, <laughs> but probably not in this case. Yeah, no. and we've discussed in the past, um, like in the last season, there was also a character that was just vaguely referred to as the Korean. Um, that is a, a truly cool, sick-ass name, if the person consents to it. Um this character Here. seems a lot less likely to have consented to being called this. Yeah. She's just a scared little lady who can't communicate um, that she's seeing El Diablo or El Demonios and everyone around her when she points at directly at Mary Eunice and goes, El Diablo, El Demonio. Everyone goes, 
<sighs> Wish someone in here spoke Spanish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what the fuck is El Demonio? <laughs> what could that possibly be? What could that mean? If only somebody here spoke Spanish. No one does. Oh, oh, I know a little. It means the Demonio. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so I think it means is, the Nor'easter. Yeah, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. it means the Nor'easter. It means a big storm is coming. Um, everyone should have listened to her. Um, quick recap. Uh, Grace Kit and... Lana kind of agree to try and escape during the storm. Um, Jude gets or uh, Kit gets dragged away rather to see Arden, which is kind of inconsequential. Um, basically, Mary Eunice uh, comes in and is like, "Hey, Jude, drink this wine. Um, I think it's watered down. I think someone might be drinking it." And Jude's like, "No, I drunk drove and hit a kid once, and that's really fucked me up forever." Um, she doesn't say that, but that's the, the implication based on mm-hmm. how the rest of the episode goes. Um, and then that's where we leave off with Jude uh, noticing that Mary Eunice is wearing red lipstick, which makes her a little nasty lady, uh, as we all know. And then uh, Mary Eunice explains that the lipstick is from Dr. Arden as like an antagonistic gift towards Jude, who is very paranoid that somebody around her knows that she drunk drove and killed a kid. Um, and is tormenting her with, like, papers, newspapers with the articles about it and the lipstick I guess she was wearing or that is the same color mm-hmm. of the dress she was wearing when yeah. she drunk drove, I guess. Yeah. It's tenuous. The lipstick is, that really is the one of just, like, how would anyone have known? How can you think it's anything? Like, if you think it's something, it's got to be the divine at that point, right? Because, like, who else would have known? Well, doesn't she believe in exorcisms, too? Like, doesn't she kind of think, like, maybe there's, like, a demon afoot since it says, like, knowledge a person shouldn't know? That's this the thing is, is a like, question without an answer, but yeah, I don't sorry, know. I don't know how they think the exorcism ended. Like the kid just died. So do they think that like the like a, you'd think someone yeah, we, who was skilled at exorcisms would know? The like kid died, <laughs> and then someone else who was in the room passed out at the exact same time. Yeah, it was like the most telegraphed. Like fucking Captain Ginyu was more subtle in Dragon Ball when he did a funny dance for forty five seconds and shot a beam at Goku. Like it's not a subtle thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, allegedly two of the, like, five people in the room are, like, super, super skilled exorcists or whatever. You'd think that one of them would be like, oh, no, the kid dying does not mean the <laughs> demon is gone. <laughs> Wait, I think to be fair, there's, like, two levels of exorcist, right? Super skilled exorcist and complete neophyte. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you've done one or read about one. You're probably as good as you're going to get in terms of exorcisms. I, I just feel like gut check. The demon is has vanished from the room, and someone else just passed out. I'd be like, "Hey, let's tie her down just in case. <laughs> hey, hey, let's let's give her a quick vibe check before we let her loose." <laughs> no, I agree. I'm just saying, like, you know, this one person's gonna be like, "Listen, I'm the foremost ex- expert on exorcists, exorcisms, and the one I did didn't go like that." So, <laughs> you know what I mean? And who's gonna refute it? But anyway, yeah. no, I agree though. Yeah, it makes it makes no sense that, that nobody is <sighs> nobody understands this. And then um, the final part of the recap, um, Arden like starts grilling Kit about the spider microchip that came out of his neck. Lists like fifty different um, global uh, police organizations that might be after him, and also maybe the Jews. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Mary Eunice murders the Mexican. Um, 
which is kind of unnecessary. Feels like this character didn't need to exist if she was just going to be written in to be murdered right away. I guess mm-hmm. that's so we know that like Mary Eunice is capable of doing harm because right. up until now she's just been kind of sowing some chaos, which is pretty funny. Um, right. I guess. Um, and then Mary Eunice drops the body out in the woods for the whatever the fuck's in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and then here's where we left off. Um, the best scene of the episode, which is Mary Eunice coming in uh, to see Dr. Arden, who's super hyped to see his special little lady. Um, mm-hmm. And she tells him to gobble snatch and he gets real mad about it. No, right. She, like, no king. Mounts up on the desk and everything and is just like, I'm ready for my inspection. Get in, get in this business. <laughs> and he goes, I hate, I hate this. This yeah. is the exact opposite of what I'm into about Not- nuns. And she goes, too bad. Eat this, eat this pussy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's like, ugh, no, gross. <laughs> And kicks her out of uh, out of his office. He hates it. He's very upset. He's very in his feelings about it, which is funny because usually when you see like one of these like incelly type dudes who's like super weird and like fucked up about women, um, usually their reaction is, "Oh, she won't sleep with me. That makes me mad." But when Mary Eunice is like, "Get in there, soldier," he's like, "Ugh, gross." Yeah, I- <laughs> it's like a weird. Yeah, I don't know. It's just frustrating because I think even if I was like the worst guy, it still would be inherently pretty funny. So See, having this like <laughs> goofy nun who up to this point has been, you know, just a goofball little little church mouse just slinging puss on the desk. <laughs> like, I'd be like, what is going on? Like, I don't. <laughs> right. And you, I don't get how you'd have the disgust reaction. I, I <sighs> have a and I, I have a theory as to why we're going to need one more event to happen later. But like I will. And also, you have to understand it was a, few, a theory formulated under the ruse of, hey, maybe the show is good. Like way back from when we watched, <laughs> you know, on TV. But like, mm-hmm. you're right, though, right? Like this isn't a typical reaction. He should totally be into this. And for some reason, he's not. And yeah, under, you know, good show pretense, maybe there's a reason for that. And maybe we're going to get a clue for it later. And it won't just be a big wet fart. But anyway, yeah, it's too. I don't understand it even a little. But you know who would have loved this, according to the like the thought process of the show is Lana. God, Lana can't even look at a woman without being like just shutting down, which I mean, same. Um, (laughs) But if she got to interact with Mary Eunice, damn, it would be a good time, I think. Um, (laughs) That doesn't happen, at least not in this episode. Um, Now we are regrettably at the start of where we picked off, which or where we kicked off, which is back in the common room. It's now movie night. Um, (laughs) Don't worry. Movie night is um, a little more exciting than it sounds. Um, Lana asks uh, Threads (laughs) in to talk to her just kind of like on the lowdown. Um, Mm. And... (sighs) He's she's she does this really weird interaction with him where she she'll be like, hey, you don't work here. You're probably not awful. Would you like to go talk to my friend Wendy outside of this place? And I'm like, just because he's not there, he's still like a government agent. Like, you can't just trust him. Like, he hasn't done anything Uh to earn your trust. Hold on. Hold on. Are you gay? Yeah. <laughs> and then she goes, uh, no, no. And he goes, I'll help you out, kid. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, every time. 
it's it's weird because it like implies that like Threatson was like maybe on the fence and then he was just like allyship time. <laughs> Which yeah. like I'm here for. Threatson rocks. I think Threatson's the good character of the show, even if he occasionally forgets like what his job is and what his <laughs> influence and uh, leverage in, to, a, in the situation to, is. To be fair, that's every character in this series, so it's almost like the yeah. default, right? And, uh, yeah. yeah, he, again, going back to what I've said almost every episode so far, Um, everybody who ever speaks to Lana Winters within about three seconds of speaking to Lana Winters is like... <sighs> lesbian um like immediately it smells like a lacroix flavored with flannel i know i know this which like uh, to be clear because and i'm not saying this like as me i'm saying this as like the american horror story writers who have almost no tact when it comes to stereotypes or Mm -hmm. you know having any kind of any kind of sensitivity towards anything they don't like make lana a stereotypical lesbian i'm doing air quotes Right. Yeah. She's just a lady. Just have, that's why it's extra weird when yeah, when everyone just like clocks her in like two frames. They're just like gay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> they just become the homophobic dog meme that's like, I know what you are. Like, <laughs> uh, and again, this is, it's, we have seen many many a queer character on this show and all of them well most of them are not like handled particularly like not sensitively but like they don't have a lot of nuance you know pretty much from the second that character opens their mouth you're like ah this is the gay character they've decided exists or if or if not it's the whole crux of that character is they're hiding that they're yeah. gay right, which right. was like in uh, in cult yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and they don't do that with Lana. It like she does not have any of the quote unquote like tells of like ah this character is definitely a lesbian. Neither does Wendy. Neither does her girlfriend. Um, but yet every single person who even breathes the same air as them is like, I smell a lesbian. It's 1964, and I can smell them. Um, <laughs> this uh, this starts me when someone responds to a serial killer with, uh, but I'm an elementary school teacher. Oh, I know what you are. <laughs> I know what you are. Oh, that's coded behavior. (laughs) Oh, my God. And Threadson starts his, like, devious little gerblin arc and is like, okay, I'll sneak your little note out. Like, he gets, like, kind of, like, excited about it. He's like, okay, I'll sneak your little note out. Like, first he's like, wait a second, are you gay? And Lana's like, "Uh, uh, no, no. And then he's like, I'll take your little note out. All right, give me that note. I'm going to take it. Oh, get out of here. You're going to be late for electroshock therapy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he does have very, like, you little scamp energy, which is weird given the context of uh, murder asylum, you know? Yeah. Um, And then we segue to the kitchen where everybody's making food. We're going to spend a lot of time in the kitchen. They want to remind you that there's a bakery in this place because that was the crux of the show. Um, Shelly... Starts to talk to Grace about joining the escape. This is where we firmly, as if we didn't already know, we're about to firmly establish Grace as the worst fucking character, um, which is a really high bar to clear given how bad Lana was a few episodes ago. And I don't mean like morally, because obviously we have like Dr. Arden. I mean like insufferable. (laughs) They made like like manic pixie... French girl. Like, asshole. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Manic Pixie French girl. Yeah, who is an asshole at all times. Like, she's just 
weirdly rude to people who it's like, these are the only people you have to talk to. You gotta burn some bridges, gamer. You gotta build some bridges, gamer. You just gotta, yeah. gotta stop burning bridges. Because she's just... So, yeah, Shelly asks, like, hey, can I join in the escape? And Grace is like, what, so you can suck some dicks? That's <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not even a joke. That's how she responds. She's like, why? You want to go well, suck somebody off? Like, that's like, the like, response you would give someone that you, like, hated. <laughs> but, like, every, <laughs> nobody is doing that. Like, you know, it's like, save the slut shaming for after you're out of the murder asylum, at least. But, like, that's can't do say, it, man. Oh, that's why I say she's really frustrating, because not only is she a, a manic pixie French girl, she's also a very uh, not like other girls girl, where the only person she's ever nice to is Kit. And anytime anybody tries to get involved oh, yeah. with, like, her plan with Kit, she's just a huge bitch to them for, like, no reason. Like, what oh, they, you're going to Suck some dick, like. Is she, was, Look, if she was still being rude, yeah. Sorry. Oh no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, pick me. Was, yeah, yeah. And if she was like that rude to Lana, who had basically ruined their one good chance of escaping, then like, okay, yeah, right. But but Grace didn't do nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, yeah, Shelly, didn't Shelly, do yeah. yeah, Sally didn't do nothing wrong. Shelly, yeah, Shelly didn't do nothing wrong. She just. Like, wants to leave this really bad place. And, like, so what if she wants to suck a dick or two? Yeah. Like, that's not, that's not punishable by death. <laughs> and then, oh, finally, finally, I am, I am ungaslit by this television show. And we get a lore dump in the form of <laughs> Shelly talking to Grace about... And Shelly is just like really human and she just has like a moment where she tries to connect with Grace and she's like, I just want to go to France because they love fucking over there. And I have parentheses citation needed. Um, like she says that she's like, they love fucking in France. And, They're very um, uh, advanced. Yeah. Yeah. But. And she like looks at Grace like, yeah, y you know, wink, wink. Like you should know you're from France. You're a person who's from France. Right. So you would know. Right. Right. Um, giving confirmation that I'm not fucking crazy. Grace is supposed to be fucking french <laughs> right um she sometimes the character sometimes forgets that she's french um but alas she is um and then grace is like no i left france when i was like kind of young uh, i've lived here for like the last 10 years um mm -hmm. you're still a slut and you can't come with us but uh, you know she's she's <laughs> just like yeah she, well she's like you know we get her backstory in the sense too of like i have hopes and dreams outside of this asylum i am a character of worth and i hope you the audience would feel is, is rooting for me to get out and feels a little terror if bad things happen to me um you know here in episode two anyway <laughs> it's, it's just like such bad planning yeah. on Grace's part. Because, like, in this kind of escape, you want as many people and as many bodies as possible. Because if somebody, if, if when they inevitably catch on to what's happening, you want as many people scattered as far and as wide as possible. Because they only have so many resources, right? Like, that's the, if you're trying to break out of a prison with a lot of people at the same time, that's the way to, that's the hey, way to do it. You know what? It, yeah. Who could say if there was maybe some kind of incident that occurred that knocked the power out and let everyone out of their cells? <laughs> for a short period of time. You would just want everyone hustling out the doors so that they'd be less likely to find you. Who can say? And I... Grace instead goes, go suck a dick, Sally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in, in almost those exact words. Um, and now 
it's time for Arden taking a nap in his office or trying to. He's getting ready to sleep in his office because the big storm, I guess, is like trapped him there or something. Sure. Um, so he's making a little like <laughs> a little bed on the couch. Um, and Jude comes in and is like, hey, why'd you make Mary Eunice give me this lipstick? And Arden's like, okay, they're about to do a thing that they have done in every season that we've covered so far that I hate. It is a narrative device that I hate. I complained about it in the last episode, and this is what I was talking about, where they are both going to play the pronoun Uh, guessing game, and they're going to both argue about something that is a completely different thing than the other person is arguing about, and they're not going to understand that they're both arguing about two different issues and those characters will never have like a moment of like realization of oh we're not talking about the same thing. This ever. is like <laughs> this is like a writer jerking himself off. I feel like kind yeah. you know what I mean where it's like I can keep them going for so long talking about a thing that might be different in two different contexts <laughs> whereas real life you would it wouldn't happen. Yeah, sorry. It's clever for cleverness yes. sake, which like if it's a play or a poem Go wild, my brother. But when it's on television, fuck out of here. <laughs> it, yeah. just is, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. It's really <sighs> annoying. It's one of yeah. those mm-hmm. things that to like make it actually like happen and be believable in real life, one or both of the people have to be doing it on purpose because the, I mean, it's obviously not impossible, but the chances that they would word themselves so vaguely and so like, specifically as to not give away that they are talking about two wildly different things is almost like impossible. Like they wouldn't happen in real life. Like you would say something to the effect that both of these like well-educated smart adult people would be like, Hey, wait a second. What are you talking about? Like, right? Yeah. (laughs) These smart, intelligent adult people who are both running like huge intrigue plots. Like yes. they're both in webs of business right now. They got irons in so many fires. And you're telling me they wouldn't pick up on like, oh, I was talking about when I hit a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, are, yeah. What are you talking about? Some beast in the woods? What the fuck? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's like, like an always sunny in Philadelphia bit. Like <laughs> the, the way that they're like avoiding it and what's happening is that jude is like what the fuck did you give me this lipstick for like implying that he's the one that's like been harassing her and knows that she hit a kid and like he's like blackmailing her with it um and then arden is arguing and he's not even really arguing he's just like mad that shelly allegedly made mary Eunice a nasty little whore lady um which i don't know why he would have we it's because of what happens in the end of the episode but we have no other reason to think that like arden like has an issue with shelly except for the one time shelly came on to him um but they make it seem like he's had beef with shelly for like forever um that's again it's to facilitate what happens at the end of the episode but he thinks that Shelly, who he has not seen ever interact with Mary Eunice, um, has made Mary Eunice nasty, which if that was the case, wouldn't everybody in the asylum be nasty now? Because Shelly's like talked to all of them. And if she has that much capability to make anybody she talks to just like really into fucking, you'd think there would be a huge fucking problem going on in the asylum. You know, yeah. Bully for her, honestly, too. But, yeah, you bully know. for her. Not not according to Arden. He hates <laughs> no, it. Yeah, but he does. Again, but he, Arden's not even really arguing anything. He's just kind of yelling his frustrations, like, at Jude while she, like, accuses him of being the one who's blackmailing her. 
Um, and somehow, as these two are both yelling at each other about two completely different situations, neither of them think that the other is talking about something different. Like, I don't, my thing is, I don't know why Arden would think Jude came in with the lipstick to, like, talk about Mary Eunice being a slut now. Yeah. (laughs) The, The other weird, I think, is this a scene where it ends on, like, Jude yells and you did the newspaper and Arden has like a one moment of realization of like oh you're cracking you're just talking yeah. about something you, oh, you yeah. have no idea what's going on yeah this is the one moment of like Arden kind of gets a bit of a leg up on Jude because Jude is you're coming- so lost in the sauce thinking about how she hit a kid you're- and Arden has a moment of like oh you think I'm doing something I'm not oh you're going you're coming apart of the scene sick. sister <laughs> Is what he yeah. says. And yeah. It's a good line, honestly. I I, yeah. I feel like this must be Donald Sutherland. Wait, damn it, James. I told you I would do that. James Cromwell <laughs> improvising because this is uncharacteristically good dialogue for the show. But anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, don't worry. He'll have some great dialogue later where he says the word whore like eight times in six seconds. It's yeah, that, that's part of the script, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But <laughs> he speed runs that. Yeah. There's he like a trophy it. tied to it. Yeah. It's like, oh, I got to oh, say this a hundred times. Better do it. Oh, and by the way, while all this is going on, Mary Eunice is just there, like, watching it happen from the shadows, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, For whatever reason. It's unclear as to, like, how far her demon powers work, whether she's, like, omnipotent or, like, what the deal is. But she's just watching them fight. Um, Then Jude goes back to her office and the phone rings and then the ghost... How far away was the Mexican when she first, when she was detecting her? Because I think, like... Pretty close. That's like in a the pretty room. good gauge of input. Yeah, because I think every time the Mexican has noticed her, it's been in the room, and I feel like otherwise she'd be able to detect the aura at range, you know? Yeah. If she had more power. You mean the <laughs> yeah, one time like... it happened, given that she saw her once, said, uh, El Demonia, and then was killed in the next scene? <laughs> and then died instantly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe that's the thing. Like, maybe she's just so good. Mary Eunice is so good at hiding her power that if even one person figures it out, she's like, I gotta kill that person. I gotta. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta kill that person. She, I know she doesn't speak English, but just in case, I gotta take her extreme out. Extreme JoJo antagonist behavior, yeah. like extreme <laughs> JoJo. You figured out my stand. Gotta get rid of you now. Yeah, extremely. Um, and yeah, she's just kind of hanging out in the back. Um, Jude returns to her office, and <laughs> and another case of. How do you think this is anything other than supernatural? Um, the little girl's glasses who she killed are were, are on her desk. Yeah. And then she picks up the phone and the dead little girl is like, you hit me with a car yeah. and then you left. <laughs> that was pretty fucked up. And then Jude is like, oh no, this must be the real little girl calling me. Like, what? how could it not, how this do you not Dr. jump Arden. to the supernatural at this point? Yeah, Dr. Harden, you son of a bitch, how'd you do this? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And again, we say this a lot or we've said it a lot. Jessica Lang does actually a really good job of this scene where she's on the phone, like having a breakdown as mm-hmm. the little girl's talking. Like she has a really like, good breakdown scene where she starts she has a lot of breakdowns this episode but this is the one that stands out as being like kind of good acted yeah Jessica Lang she can act a good breakdown for sure yeah, and she she does. She gets a lot of them. She truly yeah. has a meltdown, um, and like starts apologizing <laughs> profusely to the little girl on the phone. Um, and then she pops open the communion wine because it's time to get turnt. It is turnt Jude o'clock. Um, mm-hmm. and she will be turnt for the rest of the episode. No one will be seated during the turnt Jude episode of the show. Um, 
And we go back to Arden, who is once again listening to the radio. And this is just a literally like a three second scene. It's literally just a three second scene where Arden is once again like working in his workshop and is listening to the radio. And the guy on the radio like vaguely says something about um, that people are saying that the lightning is actually UFOs or something. Um, I guess to remind us that there's an alien plot line. Um when I say it's a three-second scene, I mean it. Like, it literally only exists yeah, I, for us to hear that bit on the radio. I actually totally forgot about it, truthfully. So. <laughs> yeah. They were like, hey, remember how this show kind of is about aliens? Um, <laughs> and so now we have confirmation that, like, other people are reporting UFOs. <laughs> so now you'd think that immediately if other people started reporting UFOs, since it's not public knowledge that Bloody Face is blaming it on UFOs that some credence would be given to Kit, who says that he was abducted by a UFO. It's not like those people could be collaborating with him or something. (laughs) You've got the evil in your brain. I want to cut it out and eat it. I want to prepare it like a fine soup. (laughs) Like, Arden's just really into this. Like, I want your evil gland. I'm going to put it up my butt. (laughs) He's just really in full weirdo mode. He doesn't care about aliens. He's past that. Yeah, (laughs) Aliens can't be evil. I only care about the evil in your <laughs> noggin. <sighs> anyway, so, it's movie night now, so I guess it's Friday, right? Yeah. Um, Jude's Jude's coming in to introduce the movie. P- problem though. Uh, yep, like you said, turn. So, not a great movie intro. She kind of goes off rambling, and it's uh, awkward, and yeah, and it's weird, and we're all kind of like, "What's going on with Jude?" I mean, not the characters, you know, whatever, or not the. The, some of the inmates, but you know, um, yeah. So like, uh, yeah. So basically, what is this? Oh, um, oh, I'm sorry. And right before that, I'm sorry, I missed this in your note. She did. She does ask Frank if everyone's accounted for, and he's like, "Yep, except for the Mexican." Anyway, I guess we'll go watch the movie. You know. So um, let's see here. So she gives a funny little speech about the movie. That's right. And Threadson comes in, pats Lana on the hand reassuringly. I actually don't remember this. And then, uh, and Jude has a very old timey uh, expression yeah, for Jude, Lana. No, Jude. Uh, Jude teaches us a very old homophobic slur while giving an intro to the movie about one of the actors oh, that I had to Google yeah. to see because I'm like, that's a really weird word she used to describe that actor. And I googled it, and I'm like, ah, because <sighs> it's a slur from the 1960s that no one's used since the 1960s. I'm cool. Glad they did remember. This. Remember when I remember when I had to look up bumblers <laughs> last season? This is why. I because when they say a word, I'm like, that's a weird word. People don't usually say that. And then I Google it and I'm like, okay, that one's not a slur. And then I Google this one. I'm like, mm, this one is a slur. All right. Can't say this one. Um, yeah. She gives a really long speech introducing the movie. Um, and like. It's it's like a monologue. It's kind of weird. Um, it's also weird because they're like everyone likes Jude more during this sequence. Like there's a couple people who are like, oh no, she's drinking again. But for the most part, everyone's like, oh Jude's having a, Jude's having a real nice time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jude's kind of like, like her Jude's better. Like, yeah, like touching people's shoulders and like talking to them nicely and stuff, and like telling them to bring their chin up and shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like 
not a great message, in my opinion, to have somebody who is like a recovering alcoholic be like, actually, I was cooler when I drank. Like, fuck that. Don't, don't say that. Like, that's, not, that's not good, man. That's a bad message. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then she um, she like gives a speech about the storm. I don't know if this is the way she delivers it is like it's a quote for something. I couldn't be bothered to look it up to see if it was. But it's like she's re- reciting a like a poem about a storm or some shit because there's a storm raging outside um again couldn't be bothered to look it up either way jessica lang does a great job reciting it she has a great monologue scene except for the slur but that's not her fault i assume um and then she has a breakdown um about the kid that she killed and then she's like enough of that I got, she says, and this is a direct quote, I'm off to find the Mexican, as if it's the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you mean Danny Trejo from the Bro House episode? <laughs> yeah. Uh, she says it just like she's going to go find the Tin Man from the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Um, what's wild to me is the way that she says this and the way that every character because other characters are also going to refer to this character as the Mexican means that not only is this character well known enough by every other character in the asylum that they know of her but also they know to call her the Mexican because that's how they all refer to her so either she's like super kick ass and everybody loves her or no one has ever seen somebody speak spanish before and they're like that's witchcraft that's That's witchcraft she's crazy i think here in the 1960s which did we mention is very racist you know like that's probably it right like (laughs) and in like what connecticut or pennsylvania or massachusetts or some shit like definitely not um anywhere near the border um but yeah like everybody just knows who she's talking about when she says she's off to find the mexican um Threadson, who like when he came in like tapped lana on the hand to be like oh i did your thing um like kind of like leans in and like gives some secret info to um lana about what he found when he went to go talk to wendy i'm not gonna go into a whole lot of detail about this because i actually remember where this plot goes but i will say the writing here as if as if I'm pretending I'm watching it for the first time is incredibly sloppy. Um, this mm-hmm. scene doesn't make any sense because he's describing what he did when he went to go talk to Wendy. He says he couldn't get yeah. a hold of her, meaning he went to like go find Wendy. He went there in the middle of the day and mm-hmm. she wasn't home. So he let her himself in. Yeah, he, he, he mentions like it was weird. He's like, yeah, it was strange. The door, was, no, I couldn't hear anyone, and I knocked, but the door was unlocked, so I just let myself in. And we, which already like we know weird. it's okay. We know it's a Friday. We know it's a weekday, so it's not like a Saturday or a Sunday, which would make more sense. We know it's a Friday canonically, and it's the middle of the day, and we all know, including him, I presume, that she's a school teacher. Which means and bloody face. <laughs> yeah. Bloody face knows too. She yeah. told him. Yeah. <laughs> um, it makes no sense that he would be like, oh, a school teacher who has a job that historically only happens um from the morning till the afternoon isn't home in the at around noon. Oh, something bad must have happened. I'm gonna let myself into her house. <laughs> um, but he does, and he's like, I think bloody face got her. And then looks at Kit and is like I don't know if he did it or not, but I think Bloody Face got her. Um, 
which doesn't make any sense. Again, but, I know where the, I know where yeah. the windy plot goes. So it's right. I think the scene gets resolved, but this even, writing doesn't make any sense. Like even yeah, because even knowing where it goes and like discounting that, right? The point I guess is supposed to be that Threadson's like. Maybe it's possible that like Kit isn't bloody face, right? Like that's kind of supposed to be the uptake so that Lana realizes oh, maybe I was yeah, wrong about that, this. But that's right. what this whole scene is literally like the whole thing, this whole scene that doesn't make any sense at all. Like based on how that character, again, a well-educated, smart adult character making this insane lapse but, in common sense is just to facilitate us seeing Lana and, look at Kit and going, well, maybe he's not bloody face then. And again, without future Slow Beef and Liz knowing like where things go, even without all of that, you know what makes more sense in this is just hearing about Wendy's murder on the radio or like something that is like another, or just another murder happened outside the asylum because that alone would make Threadson and or Lana go, wait a second, maybe Kit's not the murderer and then you don't well, need this weird thing, right? Or what? What am I going to say? Well, I think the thing is we still need Lana to like be torn up about the fact that Wendy betrayed her. I so see. like we need there to be uncertainty on whether or not Wendy died because okay. otherwise Lana can't feel conflicted. That's my guess. Then you, you know what then? I'll still I'll stand by it. Do it again. <laughs> I mean, get, get a get a third person. Have bloody, you know, but you're a serial killer, right? Give, give him some another no-name yeah. person. Boom. Problem solved. Let's, the end. Yeah, you know, let's yeah. have Bloody Face just go wild. Exactly. You know what? Like, let's do I'm it. Yeah, that's a, his whole thing. I'm supposed to be afraid of this jerk off. Like, let's get him, <laughs> let's get him going here. He's got one, he's got like one, two kills, and then in the future, somehow, kids are imitating him. We gotta get this story moving, people. <laughs> um Speaking of getting the story moving, we are about to run into my two favorite interactions in this episode back to back. Mm -hmm. It's truly blessed. Uh, Grace stands up from watching the movie and heads to the back and she rubs her hands together and goes, seems like a good time to escape. I'm going to take a step to the back and goes to the guy at the projector and goes, I got a pee, sir. And he goes, ugh, women always needing to piss. What is it with you people? Fine. It's like such a bizarre At first reaction. he's like, no. It's not a At first he says yeah. no. And then she's like, but it might period. And he's like, gross. Women, gross. Uh, oh, <laughs> women always be peeing. Stop. Don't tell me about your period. I'll die. Gross. Can't Get trust to yourself. I don't trust something that bleeds once a month and dies, right? Right? Oh, you're great. I'm sorry. Never mind. I have no one to say this to. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Still. Uh, this isn't a prison, by the way. Um, they're just not allowed to leave rooms without um, this a guard. This guy just like, pitches such a fit over, I need to use the restroom real quick. Like, even he's like, don't make me accompany you. I don't want to come with you when you piss, to be clear. <laughs> and she's like, I didn't want you to come. Good. I'm not gonna. <laughs> uh, and then, because that it's the only defined characteristic of this character so far. <laughs> because this guard hadn't landed enough slam dunk lines this scene already. Yeah, the movie has um some some Christian titties on display and Lana goes, Oh, I'm so lesbian, my stomach hurts. I gotta go. And like walks in the back. She's she like verbatim, <laughs> my condition, and then walks out of the room. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm a botanist. I gotta go. <laughs> God, that's so uh, me coded. See some black and white titties, and it's like, oh, my condition. Titty phobia <laughs> strikes again. <laughs> oh, she's literally like, oh, I can't look at this. I'm a lesbian. I gotta go. And and like the guards, like I understand. Yeah. Yeah, like, I need to pee? That's ridiculous. You're ridiculous. Sister Jude says I can't look at boobs because I'm too gay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay, yeah. get out of here, kid. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, uh-huh. you know, I'm sorry for being oh, insensitive. I didn't, I didn't know you had a condition. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Her calling it a condition is so funny. Man. Oh, my condition's acting up. I gotta go. Oh, no, extreme vaginophilia. It's the worst. I understand. Oh, no, I'm so gay. And I'm like, well, no no wonder everybody clocked you as a lesbian right away. Jesus Christ. You can't be around a titty without acting up. Jesus. My my eyeballs are turning into hearts and popping out of my head, and my tongue is rolling out of my mouth like a cartoon wolf. Help. Awooga. I guess my luck went with being an Irish lesbian and all ran out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, But anyway. So Jude uh, is out looking for the Mexican, the wonderful Mexican of the asylum. And um, Arden's in the lobby uh, just lip sticking up the statue. I don't remember (laughs) if this comes to anything. Um, He says whore like eight times, but like no. Okay. Does is this the part where he starts yelling horror? Yeah, because he starts. Not, he starts yeah. like. Okay. First of all, he puts the lipstick on the statue that's in the open. Like the a, it's in the opening sequence when the statue gets nasty in the opening sequence of this season. Yeah. Um, but it's just in like the entryway to the asylum. Um, it, on like a pillar in the middle of the spiral staircase, mm-hmm. and he puts lipstick on it, and then he draws titties on it with the lipstick. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Ta-da! Don't let Lana see that. She'll act up. Her condition will oh, act God, up. Right, I forgot. He just draws boobs on it like a team. <laughs> well, it's horror. Uh-huh. How else do you expect this evil dog to act scary? We're like a fucking this guy who's this guy who's trying to cut the concept of elemental evil out of someone <laughs> and do like demon demonology science to someone's brain is like. Mm, what if I draw big titty honkers? A woo ga goo. And they're gonna do this thing where they do it a lot in this season. They they've done it in some other seasons. It's atrocious in this season. I like started notes for the next episode. It's real bad in that episode too, where they try to chop up two or in this case three simultaneous storylines into snippet scenes so we're constantly bouncing back and forth it makes writing notes for this a nightmare um because it's narratively going back and forth especially since this long ass scene which if not cut up would be maybe 20 seconds long of arden being weird with the statue ends up lasting about 10 minutes because it keeps being intercut amongst Mm -hmm. two other storylines that are happening that are unrelated and they're doing it because that's a really common um, narrative device in like the climax of a movie An where you see movie. the culmination of like three or more or two it's, or more stories like yeah. coming to a head. It's appropriate in like the Phantom Menace or something when you want to see the space battle yeah. plus the duel plus whatever, not in horror. 
We're yeah. supposed to be focused. Yeah, or like the end of like Paul Blart Mall Cop <laughs> yeah. 2, where you've got like the one villain applying the oatmeal cream like to his face and he has the allergic reaction and Paul's making his dramatic rescue. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was my yeah, second exactly go-to like after that. the Phantom Menace. But yeah, exactly. No, I know you saw that. One's it. A yeah. bit, and that other one's great films. Out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but they're gonna do that. And the thing about that type of like narrative device or that like plot structure is like, again, it's fine if like A the storylines all culminate at the same conclusion because then it's kind of satisfying at the end. You're like, ah, oh, now we mm-hmm. saw how all of these characters ended up at the same point. That does not happen here. No. Um, or <laughs> no. B, all of the story, like all of their stories kind of end at n- kind of the same time-ish. So like, you're like, oh, okay, so now we have a resolution for three stories. We didn't have to like follow each one to completion. They've all run their course but that also doesn't happen here's the like i don't know much about cinematography but you do shit like that for a reason or or to evoke something you don't just do it for the hell of it but they do it they do it (laughs) they do it like and we've talked about it in other seasons where i think the reason they do it they like kind of toned it back in the later seasons that we've watched Mm -hmm. like roanoke and cult um they still do it but not as atrociously as they did in season one and in this season Mm because i think they realized how like disorienting it is is i think they do it on purpose to make it seem like there's more happening than they're at, as if we yeah needed that. good point um, yeah but yeah. they know that it's like a 20 second scene of arden being fucking weird with a statue would be really awkward to watch so instead yeah. they just chop it up and put it amongst <laughs> other scenes <laughs> make it random jump scares of an old man going and then pushing a statue over and drawing yeah. a stick yeah. figure with boobs on a piece of paper on his like script pad yeah <laughs> and then just being like i hate this why do i keep drawing this Ooh. i'm coming yeah. up out of the seams <laughs> to like resolve his scene so that we don't have to keep hopping back and forth because it will hop back and forth just imagine this being sprinkled amongst the next couple of things we talk about because that's how it's put in the show um yeah he draws he puts lips on it He draws titties on it. He gets mad about it, calls the statue a whore, breaks the statue, calls the statue a whore five more times. And that is not me doing a bit. That is true. Um, He says whore five times in the span of 10 seconds. (laughs) It feels like it feels excessive, even in like the context of we're trying to establish this as a major trait for our horror character antagonist. Like it's. It's so excessive, and it's also, it's just like all one word, I think, is really what makes it hit extra bad, is that it's just like one thing over and over with like no real variation, and like, yeah, they're interspersing it with other like meaningful scenes, and being like, this is just as meaningful, and I'm just sitting in my chair going, no, no, it's not. (laughs) No, you're wrong. two of the scenes that they pop back in with, because I think it gets cut up into four scenes total. Um, we see the original one. He draws lipstick on it. Second scene, he draws titties on it. Third scene, he calls it whore twice. And then the third scene, which is the final scene, which is where two of the other storylines do kind of culminate together. Um, he calls it a whore two to three more times and then calls a person a whore. So it's like it's it almost the way he does it. It almost seems like they were trying to get a singular shot of him calling the statue a whore, and they couldn't pick one take that they liked, so they just kept all of them. Why not? <laughs> and just and kept them all in a, in a row. They were like, "Yeah, this character calls the statue a whore six times in succession. It's fine. Um, that's not weird. That's something that he would do. That's not a strange thing for a character to do." 
<sighs> Especially when they have him be like this composed, mm-hmm. you know, scientist nightmare man. Like, it, it doesn't work with the character, no. honestly. Having him, like, crack in this specific... It would be so much more interesting, interesting to me, at least, if he cracked by, like, getting too close to what he was searching for, right? Like, if it was, like, he either got too close to aliens or got too close to demons or whatever. Yeah. And, like, or did find the source of all evil and it was too much for him to fucking handle like that would be a great resolution that's a classic for the scientist who's trying to dive into the abyss but no he just calls a a statue a whore a lot and then pushes it over i fucking hate it (laughs) yeah you have to understand dr arden saw something that was so much more traumatic than aliens or evil incarnate a lady asked him to eat her pussy and that is the most (laughs) traumatic thing that can happen to a man (laughs) I... <laughs> Everyone knows this. I'm over here like, yeah, it would be fucked up if you looked into like a, the beast of the unending <laughs> void or whatever. And he's like, I saw a beast of an unending void of the vagina. Oh my God. You're right. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's so bad. <sighs> so that's all you need to know about Arden's thing. We'll get back to him when his stuff meets back up with the other plot. Because just pretend he's not real right now. Because he basically isn't. Um, mm-hmm. Now it's time for the escape plot. Shelly, Kit, and Grace, who they don't bother to show how Kit gets out of there. They give um, Lana an escape. They give Grace an escape. They don't explain how Shelly or Lana get, or uh, Shelly or Kit get out of the movie room. They just leave. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> They just leave, um, and they meet up to escape, and so there's four of them now. Grace fucking hates that Lana and Shelly are there, because Grace sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, Lana's like, no, 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 it's cool. The Dr. Threadson said that Kit might not be the killer, and I believe implicitly that he's not now. Right. Um, Kit's like, all right, it's fine that you ratted us out. We're cool now. Um, she gets to leave with us, and Grace fucking hates that. Um, <laughs> Which, I gotta be honest, this ain't Grace's choice. Like, this is an interaction that was between Lana and Kit, and mm-hmm. Grace happened to be caught in the middle, and that's great, but these two have come to terms with it. Grace, you also need to come to terms with it and not bring it up again like an asshole. Mm-hmm. It, it, I have had friends like this, and it is the worst. Yeah, <laughs> it is it's the very worst. Like, just trying me. to start up someone else's beef, and it's like, fuck off. They have already solved this. Yeah. yeah. And it's very big pick me behavior. She's like, anybody who tries to be nice to Kit, or like, it, nobody understands him but me. Meanwhile, everyone else is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, <laughs> um, but Kit's like, no, we're cool, because Kit's like, kind of not dumb. <laughs> and then they all get ready to leave. Um, I don't remember exactly what facilitates this. I think they hear like a guard coming and Shelly, God bless her, best character in the show is like, I have a very, very particular set of dick sucking skills. I'm Shelly on gets it. down to the real, she gets down to the real spy craft. Yeah. She says, I'm going to go run a distraction play gamers. Get down the hallway. Yeah. And she's like, I know how to stop this. I'm going to suck some dick. I've got a very particular set of skills. (laughs) (laughs) And she gives kind of like a little bit of like a motivational speech, very motivational pre dick sucking speech of like, you guys get out without me. I'll I'll follow you. And honestly, braver than our goddamn troops. Like her little motivational speech before she gets down to it. Incredible. Um, It's Carl, by the way. A lot of you are probably like, who the fuck is Carl? It was the guy whose dick she was sucking like three episodes ago. So like we have an established dick sucking pattern here. Um, And at first he's like, no, Shelly, it's movie night. You can't suck my dick. And she's like, I'm gonna. And he's like, okay. We've all been Um, there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
He's like, all right. So she starts going to town. Then we cut to our other storyline, our third one. Because remember, the weird statue thing is going on while this is happening, too. Um, Now, this is such a confusing sequence. Jude is chasing something through the lightning, like shadows, like little shadows through the lightning. It it, it almost comes off as like... They're trying to make it as though, like, Jude can't handle her alcohol or something, but it doesn't work because, like, she's not acting the way that alcohol makes you act. Like, yeah. al- alcohol is, like, a fairly known quantity in the human experience. You can't just be like, she was hallucinating demons. Like, wine doesn't do that. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's, just it's, not, it's not a function of wine. It's not, like, trauma either because she's not, like, hallucinating the little girl she hit or something. It's literally, like, weird little shadow people that she can't quite see um, that we've never seen before. So we have no reason to think that she would, A, follow these things or, B, know what they are. Um, so much like the Arden scene, her scene will just be a lot of, like, two to three second scenes of her chasing a shadow and being like, oh, they went down the hallway and then going down another hallway after them. Well, lightning flashes. Um, The real like meat and potatoes (laughs) storyline is the escape storyline. The other two are supplementary and they force them into this storyline. So now we're back to um, (laughs) Shelly sucking Carl's dick. Yeah, like considering, considering Jude is like looking for a small Mexican lady that like, is the size of a small Mexican lady and moves at the speed of a small Mexican lady. It's very strange that she's like, maybe she turned into a shadow goblin. Like, <laughs> and it's like menacing me a little bit so. and like running around like, I, causing mischief. I don't think we've, I don't think we've ever seen this character move at a speed above <laughs> shamble. So yeah. like, I don't know how she's like, uh, maybe she turned into a little shadow beast and is darting around. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyway, the meat meat and potatoes is that Shelly's sucking Carl's dick. Um, In, like, the bathrooms, I guess, like the shower room, um, she sucks his dick. He's like, this is real good. Thanks for sucking my dick. And, like, kind of a dick move on Shelly's part. Right before he's about to, like, reach the big finale, she sweeps his legs. um, (laughs) God damn. Pretty we're pretty fucked up. Blue balls, um, bruised ass, the worst. And he, I was gonna be like, at least let him finish yeah. before you like sweep the leg. Like you don't gotta be rude about it. <laughs> she fucking sweeps his leg and he cracks his head off the shower. Poor Carl, honestly. Um, and in the meantime, Jude sees an alien. Shrug. Don't worry, that will never be brought up again. Jude just straight up sees an alien. Um, and this is where all three of the storylines culminate. Well, two of them. Um, and Arden, after saying whore to the broken statue five times, the fifth time or the sixth time, sees Shelly run into the room after she's swept Carl's legs and calls her Which, a whore. Quick, quick question. Mm-hmm. Um, why would Shelly run to Dr. Arden's office? Like, oh. she knows where she's going. There's been no implications of Shelly being confused or having aphantasia or anything she just goes to the right places um she was in on the escape plan and said i'll i'll catch up with you so so why on god's green earth would she go to presumably a heavily labeled dr arden's office especially if dr arden is her arch rival which is apparently the case i thought thought it was like she accidentally like she unfortunately ran into him after that you know was mike i think they bumped into each other well, like she it, ends right? up she ends up in his office, but 
somehow, don't worry, it's confusing because they don't show us how she ends up there. She is trying to escape, and however he is leaving from the main entryway where he broke the statue to his office, wherever that is, they bump into each other, and then something we don't know happens, right? Um, and they don't bother explaining it, and then she's in his office a little bit later. So I guess like he, he's a super strong... Um, I th- man who can put you to sleep. <laughs> I think the problem is like she kind of can't get away, right? Because it's like, all right, I'm supp- I'm in the middle of this escape plan. But she could easily. Okay. <laughs> she could easily he's get pretty, away. I mean, yeah, like, he's, he's an old, old man. For okay, sure. that's fair. Um, yeah. but that's she- why they didn't bother showing us what happened because all we need to know is that it, she doesn't get away. It, so it would look silly. It would be like Johnny Knoxville in a grandpa outfit, like carrying away a little lady. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. So this scene, um, uh, okay. So basically, Arden um, tries to, you know, uh, say Shelly, and we can, we can. You know, well, well sorry, first, first we cut to the escape. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. First, the team. We we cut to the team walking out of the tunnels. Um, Grace, Lana, and Kit are outside. Shelly is again with Arden, and Jude is seeing aliens. Uh, they finally get outside. There's a huge downpour going on. Um, and Grace decides this is now the time to do a heel turn immediately and goes, <laughs> fuck you, don't follow me, Lana. I'm taking Kit and we're going. Just us, not you. Which, again, is like just bizarre behavior. And Lana's like, okay, weird, I guess. <laughs> yeah, pop off, queen, I guess. Yeah, like, all right, I'm going to go um, find my wife, I hope. <laughs> and, like, walks <laughs> off. Uh, then... Uh, oh yeah, we cut back to the movie, and we're getting to the part where the Christians are being killed, and uh, Mary Eunice is like loving it. Um, <laughs> is this where someone walks up to her and is like, "Oh yeah, hey, yeah. we gotta do something." And she goes, "No, no, 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 shut up, shut up." That's yeah, a good she goes, no, 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 yeah. shut up. It's it's my favorite part. Shut I up. I do like this a lot, honestly. This <laughs> because mm-hmm. um, yeah, so this is really. The concept of Satan being like, they keep making movies about my rival getting owned. Yeah. I love it. They keep making movies about the time he got fucking killed on a cross. Yay. Yeah. It's like real it fun. Is funny. I like this. Yeah. She is she is so into it. She's having she's having a great movie night. Good for her. Mary Eunice stays winning. I love I love that for her. <laughs> um it, it is Threadson who's eventually like, Hey Frank, the guy who's like in charge of this, um, like 10 people are missing and um you're just too engrossed in the black and white titties to have noticed and he's like fuck um <laughs> nobody noticed that all these people were missing um that's when Arden corners Shelly in his office how did she get there who fucking knows um he decides to sexually assault Shelly for some inexplicable reason because I guess we didn't think he was an awful enough character I, yet. yeah I yeah. thought I I was thinking that because of what happened with Mary Eunice and stuff and he's like feeling like he needs to like reassert his masculinity or whatever and you know th- uh, okay this scene ends with um uh he, the the assault's like quote unquote interrupted when he kind of takes off his pants and then Shelly's like wait that's that's your dick that's your fucking baby wee wee or I forget what she she goes like did you have an accident yes. which leads me to believe he um oh man got part of his dick eaten off when he tried to have sex <laughs> with one of the zombie nightmares he made that we'll be meeting in a few minutes this is the only so, assumption I can mm-hmm. have based on you have an accident is can I yeah, I, when, I tried to make a zombie and it ate my penis a little. All right, <laughs> when I'm I I hate to tell you the resolution of it because uh, my my a friend of mine we were watching this had a great theory that I absolutely bought into through this whole season and I'm so mad that it didn't work and it is that when Arden was younger this is her theory this is totally made up that 
a nun. He was castrated by some crazy nun, which I'm like, oh, my God, that kind of works. That would, like, make understand his, like, all his weird sexual hangups. It would fit in with what she just said here. No, Arden just has a small penis. That's it. That's never, like, resolved or <laughs> addressed in any way. And I'm so annoyed with that because it makes so much more oh. sense. Yeah, whatever, anyway. I hate the show. Um, Either way, yeah. Shelly just starts fucking laughing at him, just, yeah. like, straight up laughing in his face. And he hates it yep um very upset very in his feelings about it the way that they treat it is like he has no dick like he because she asked like if he blew his dick off in like yeah, an accident or something they make it sound yeah, like yeah. something she, she says like did you have an accident so i assumed it was like he got his dick mauled yeah. off by a bear or a zombie or something but no that's yeah that's really boring yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's totally uh, weird yeah anyway we'll get back to them in a minute because in the woods um kit grace and lana who i guess didn't split up this part's infuriating. They come across a mostly eaten corpse, and by that I mean one of them steps on a cleanly, like, completely clean skull. Um, and then they find a corpse. And then Grace says something incredibly confusing, which is, I think we found the Mexican, which implies that Grace knows who the Mexican was and that she was missing, question mark. I don't know how Grace would know that. Um, and that Grace can also identify people um, by, like, bits of viscera and also their bare skeletons because there is nothing left of the woman um, previously known as the Mexican. She is um, bones and bits. She is not a person anymore. Um, how Grace would even begin to assume... Because, again, the biggest hang-up about this is that Grace, first of all, shouldn't know that the Mexican is missing. Um there's no reason that character would know that information. So if there was like an announcement or something like, hey, we need to be on the lookout for this character. She's gone missing. That would make a little more sense. Um, and she'd be like, oh, I think we found her. Um, no, they just wanted to have somebody say that. They just wanted to have someone go, I think we found the Mexican, like a Marvel movie or something. Um, very, very Marvel uh multiverse-esque yeah. dialogue. J- Joss Whedon dialogue, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Uh, and that's when some shit TM happens. Um, and they hear like weird growling in the woods and they see something, a zombie, a cannibal, who knows? It's lightning really bad and it's raining really bad and we barely see it. Um, and they get chased back into the tunnel by these things. Um, don't worry about it too much. Mary Eunice wakes up Jude, who is <laughs> passed the fuck out in her office. She saw that alien and was like, I'm taking a nap. Um, <laughs> fuck that thing. I am taking a nap. Don't worry. Jude will never mention the alien. Um, she won't even like bother, which means that I guess like Ty said earlier, the implication is that she saw the alien and was like, this is because I'm drunk, mm-hmm. um, which is not how that works. Nope. Um, alcohol, especially just like unless, a little bit of wine. Unless you're in a cartoon, you right? Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Um, then she goes downstairs um, and yells at Frank, Jude, um, who is sauced still, yells at Frank for letting the patients escape during movie night. Jude's like, shut the shut it all down. Um, yeah. Get Everybody, get up. You guys have fucking ruined movie night. <laughs> um, and she, she We will <laughs> never have movie another night. movie night, which is a thing that actually is said more or less. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, three people have ruined this for everybody. And then it pans over to Kit, Grace, and Lana, who are soaking the fuck wet. Like, I mean, drenched, like, noticeably. Um, and then she goes, it's Pepper, Shelly, and the Mexican. That's right. They ruined movie night. <laughs> and I'm like, 
I get it. You wanted it to be like a, oh, you thought it was going to be those three. You thought they were going to get in trouble. But no, it's these three characters. And I'm like, no, you don't just get to do that. That's not like a reveal you get to try and throw in here at the last second. Like, those three are soaking wet. There's no way, like, another patient wouldn't be like, hey, why are these people wet? (laughs) They have, like, mud all over their like legs up to their waist like they, it's like they just went wading in a swamp and everyone's just like huh y'all must have gone down to the uh mud hole in the asylum <laughs> that we all have and forget to mention from time to time but yeah yo how yo y'all slid it slid off to the what mud y'all hole, take huh? what y'all take turns blowing carl get out of here you know <laughs> uh, well, i wonder what carl's up to we don't really like come back to him or anything so to speak, um, right? no pun intended yes. <laughs> um and now the thing that i spoiled at the beginning of the episode um in Arden's office, uh, Shelly wakes up from presumably two liters of sedative given from what we've seen of what he gives people in the past. Um, and she's like, where am I? And Arden's like, uh, Jude thinks you and two other people ran away. Um, by the way, Pepper did leave. In case you guys forgot who Pepper is, it's the little lady who allegedly ripped her sister's baby's ears off from episode one. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess we're supposed to know who that character is at this point. Um, hmm so they think that she ran away um, and and the Mexican, I guess. And that's, I guess, supposed to be enough of a of an answer. They just I guess they don't follow up on it. They're just like, yep, she ran away and that's fine. No one cares where this character went. Um, and then Arden's like, don't worry. My surgical training is impeccable. You're not going anywhere. And Shelly's like, what the fuck does that mean? It's like, I had to clip your wings a little bit. And it's like, what? What do you mean? And then it... Yeah. I can't remember. Does he pull the the blanket yeah. off or does she or whatever? Or yeah, she, he pulls pull, it off. Some, he pulls it off. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, look what look at what I did. And she goes, oh, my God, you cut my legs off at at the tibia <laughs> and you did the worst sew job I've ever <laughs> you, seen in my you, life. You sewed it up with like a rope. You cut my legs <laughs> off just an hour or so after I gave a speech about my dreams about being in Paris. So people feel bad. How convenient. Yeah. yeah, and really bad amputation. Like the the, the, the stitching is just terrible. Yeah. Like yeah, it's like it's huge stitching. Um, you can already tell the stitching site is starting to be infected. Like it's inflamed a little bit. Um, there's a just huge black stitches that are like going off the sides and aren't trimmed at all or anything. It just and then as somebody who's worked in a surgical environment, extra upsetting to have someone go, "My surgical technique is amazing," and then cut to the worst surgical technique I've seen. What's in years. funny though <laughs> is that then Shelley goes, "But my dick's still bigger than yours," and then he's like, "Ooh." Uh, wah, 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 he, he shits himself and cries. American Horror Story, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he shits himself and <sighs> throws up and cries for a couple of hours. <sighs> that would be a better ending. It would than be actually. What the yes, episode is, yes. but that's the ending. Um. Well, um. Mm-hmm. Anybody want to tell everybody what the next episode's called? Who is <laughs> Anne Frank? Part one. <laughs> no, close. Oh. I, I am, am Anne Frank, part one. I am Anne Frank, part one. I am Anne Frank, part one. Um, 
What a name of an episode, mm-hmm. huh? Like you, mm-hmm. I feel like you've written yourself into a court. Also, part one, mm-hmm. huh? Part oh, one, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not How our many? part one, by the way. That's not us saying like, oh, we're gonna break this into two episodes. That's gonna be part one. No, no, they are. Yeah. There's two. There's yeah. two of them. Yeah. Part one. <sighs> so look forward to Anne Frank part one, part one, and part I'm, one, part two coming down the I'm tube. Sh- soon. I'm sure it'll be <laughs> respectful. I'm sure. This show loves being respectful of people's history, especially if they're alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <sighs> well, until um, next time, gamers. Look forward to Anne Frank. Bye. Bye.